Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So, yeah, I've been in this topic of freedom for a couple of months now, and it's just deep. And so most of us think that freedom is simply, you know, it gives us the ability to do whatever we want. But that's like just a little piece of what this freedom is, especially in the Old Testament. Very interesting uh, in the Old Testament about freedom and how they think about it. And, and then as we get into the New Testament, that's exactly why Jesus came, right? Actually, we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, he was anointed, why? To set the captives free. Uh, and uh, anyways, so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into that. So we're in the scriptures today, and it's kind of a continuation from last week. If you didn't hear last week, that's okay. It's going to be easy to catch up. Um, but uh, I just want to read the verse that I've been reading for the last three weeks. It's out of uh, Corinthians. It says, for the, spirit of the, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit is, there is freedom. So all of us have, been, uh, have had uh, that veil removed and can see and reflect the glory of God. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to reflect the glory of God. He wants us to actually be what I would call glory carriers. And we are to display the glory of God. Because where is the Lord? He's in us, right? And the whole idea, that's why I love that verse where it says, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's in you, work it out of you. Like, get it out. Have it come out, displayed to others around you. Uh, And then it goes on, it says, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we change into his glorious image, or some verses, some, some, some uh, translation says, from glory to glory. He wants to get us from one place of glory to a greater place of glory, and that means that we're, uh, we're moving more and more into his image. That's the whole idea, that we are to be the image of God on the earth. Now, that's what Jesus was. Jesus was the actual representation of both God and man. What I mean by that is, let me say this, that Jesus is our example. Like, he was on earth, and we can walk like him. He even said, greater things will we do than him, right? Are you awake out there? Maybe this side's better. I, you know, <laughs> I'll try. I'll stand on this side. Maybe that'll help. But, you know, we can do even greater things. He said, greater things will you do than me, right? He said that, right? So how you doing this week? Have you done greater things than Jesus did? Let's talk about what Jesus did. He walked on water. He, he healed the sick. He raised the dead, cleansed the lepers. Yeah, he did. But the question wasn't, was, did he do it? It's time we get busy. We can, we can do those things. We can. We absolutely can can there is no doubt about it uh we've been walking through like in uh, oh i'm getting way off but that's okay you guys didn't put the timer up there so your problem anyways uh the other day i was in a uh, uh, uh i was in the doctor's office i think i told you this and god just like gave me like i was saying i was saying god okay what 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 and i kept hearing this name you know and it's like that's not a balinese name or anything and, and uh come to find out it was like the assistant's name. It was standing right there. 
And I said, God wants me to pray for you. And then I began to pray for her. And she, like, I prayed something. And she's like, step back. How did you know that stuff? The Spirit of God can reveal these things to you. Do me a How many? All right. Let's do it. Will you promise me? I'm looking at this. You guys don't have to answer yet. Will you promise me this week that you will pray for at least three people? Would you promise me that? You know, on the way in, Carol and I, we prayed for the, the guy that was letting us in at the at the, uh, whatever it is, at the bottom of the thing, the toll there, or whatever you pay over here. Anyways, we, we prayed for him. We just said, you know, I didn't want to pray too long because there was a guy behind me. He was going to get ready to beep his horn. So will you do that? Will you promise me that you'll pray for three people this week? Okay, all right. You're going to be glad you're on this side. Would you promise me that you pray for five people this week? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm staying on this side. No, I'm kidding. Anyways. So, so God, you know, and I talked about how we can grow. Last week I talked about how we can grow in his image, in his glory. And, and one of the things is to grow by uh, God's truths, to meditate on God's truth day and night. That's what it says. And then the second thing I talked about was walking in the mystery. So when you don't know what's happening, walking in God, that is a tremendous way to reflect the glory of God is when you don't have the answer to what's happening and yet you have the one, right? You don't have to have the answer. You have the one. That's the key. It doesn't matter, you know. Someone could say, I have a million dollars. Yeah, but I have Jesus. You know, that's all you, that's, that's all you need, okay? And then I talked about how, uh, you know, this one is one of the most deep, deep truths that you can, and it's the hardest one to live, and that is to let others live free, that is such a difficult thing because when they don't do what you want or you, they don't do what you think they should do, letting them live free is very difficult, especially when I say letting, you know, letting them live free and still being with them, like still walking alongside them, still loving them, still caring for them, waiting for them. Wait, you know God waits for us, right? God waits for us. He waits, he waits for, he, man, he waited, he waits for you. He's been waiting eternity for you. Woo! It's the truth. Anyways, so that's all last week, uh, and that's about as quick as I'm going to do. Um, John, Jesus said this in John chapter 17. He said, I am not asking you uh, to take them out of the world. He was praying for the disciples. He said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, uh, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Okay? So basically it's talking about how we are not of this world, right? We are uh, uh, of the kingdom of God. And today I want us to look at how uh, the disciples... Uh, reacted to something and how Jesus reacted to something and show you how some things that we can learn about uh, reflecting his glory, okay? It's Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the, the, the crowd behind, they took him along and as they, he, as he was, uh, excuse me, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall uh, came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping, and the disciples woke him up. Teacher, don't you care if we will drown? 
He got up and he rebuked the winds in a wave. He said, quiet, be still. And the wind died uh, down and it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified uh, and said to each other, uh, who is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Now, we are not of this world. That's what it says. We are, we are actually citizens of the Most High God. Amen? We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen? Thank you. At least two people know this. I'm glad. We are, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And like, look at the difference. I want us to first just look at the difference between how the disciples reacted and their attitude in the storm and how Jesus reacted and his attitude in the storm. Okay, so first we see the disciples, what does it do? The disciples, they, 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 were, they were in the storm. Uh, they were kind of coming at the situation, believing they were in the situation. Okay? So what, what am I saying? Here they are, they're in the boat, and all of a sudden the winds and the waves, here they are, and they're smashing and crashing, and they're like, oh no, we're going to die! You know what's really interesting about this one principle, quick principle on the side, is that this is so uh, uh, like what we're going through right now. I mean, the winds and the waves are blowing and tossing to and fro. Uh, there's a storm around us, and many of us are going, oh my God, we're going to die! Right? We're going to drown, we're going to get COVID, we're going to die, we're going to... Our finances are going to perish. You know, every worry that you've ever seen is coming out at this point. What's interesting is here the disciples are in the boat. And where is Jesus? He's in the boat. Jesus is always closer than you think. You know, John, here's John. Oh, no, row harder, row harder. You know, Peter's like, come on, guys, bail some more water. Row. Isn't it amazing if one of the disciples came up and said, yo, guys, what are you worried about? We got Jesus. He's in the boat. We're not going down because he's not going down. Oh, yeah. He's closer than we think. He's right there. He's in your house. He's in your bank account. He's in your finances. He's in your relationships. He's all around you. He's right there. And here's the disciples all, ah! because they, they feel like they're in the storm. What's Jesus doing? Sleeping. Some of you say, yeah, that's the problem. Jesus is sleeping. We've got to wake him up. Because we wake him up, you know, we'll calm the storm. But Jesus was not happy with the disciples here. Like we see in other passages when, he's, when they're in the storms and Jesus is dealing, he's like, where is your faith? And then he also says in another passage, don't you remember the bread? We'll talk about that in a second. So Jesus is coming at it not from within. Because Jesus' citizenship is not here on earth, nor is ours. And so Jesus, he's coming at the storm from a heavenly perspective, not from an earthly perspective. Now, I know there's a couple of boules here, uh, and it's always fun to watch boules when they first come to uh, Indonesia. I know Carol and I, we experienced this when we came. 
you know, the, the war against ants, it's impossible. I mean, in watching us go through it, you know, we buy the chalk at first, we buy this, we buy that, we try this, we try that, we try everything to get rid of the, the, the numerous number of ants that exist in life. And then eventually we're like, okay, we just live with the ants, you know, just live with them. But the other day, there was an ant that came, you know, like we're just sitting there, Carol and I are sitting there, and this ant came, you know, and there is an ant on the floor. Okay? How many, how many would get nervous if they saw, how many would get, like, frightened if they saw an ant on the floor? I, I mean, I think I got up and just went like this, you know, and then Carol got mad at me because then I made a mess. I have to clean it up. But, you know, it wasn't like I haven't thought about it. And my, like, my little one-and-a-half-year-old grandchild, he just runs up to it. Yes, this is fun, you know, and he's like, sorry, he's got to learn more spiritual things. But, um, you know, to him, stomping out an ant, I mean, that's like, that's not even, it's, it's not, right? Fighting an ant is nothing. That's exactly how Jesus looked at the storm. He was coming to something so inferior to him. And that's why he wasn't worried. That's why he was sleeping. Because he wasn't worried. We sleep when there's an ant on the floor. We don't worry about it. We don't get nervous about it. But when we come to an ant on his level, then he looks big, right? Then, because, but we're not of this world. Have we gotten that yet? We're not of this world. We are citizens of the Most High. Some Indonesians, you have to worry about things that are happening kind of in your country. I, they don't affect me. You, I watch you. You know, you, you have to react to it. I don't even have to do anything because I'm not part. Why do we allow this world to affect us when we are not of this world? And so Jesus comes at it from a whole different perspective, a whole different attitude, a whole different way. That's why he said what? Oh, that's why the Bible says what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And yet, we don't act that way. We don't think that way. We don't often walk that way. We should. I do it too. I went through this week. I went through this week on two sides. You know, I was the disciples, I think, at the beginning of the week. And by the end of the week, I, I, yeah, I got it. But it took me a while. And we all have those moments where we, we get affected by the things of this world. And we shouldn't. We don't need to. There's no need to at all. And, and, and here's the thing. When, when we're not only... You know, like, what does it say? It says, uh, it says that, you know, Christ surrounds us, right? Oh, no, no, Christ is in us, right? Christ is in us, right? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But it also says that we are in Christ. So, like, we are surrounded. I am surrounded by the arms of my Father. They were surrounded. That boat was surrounded by the arms of God. Jesus was in the boat. He was around the boat. He was over the boat. He was, you know, his, God's presence was everywhere. And you have to, we have to start looking at things that way. We have to start realizing that this stuff that we are facing is nothing. Is absolutely nothing. Now I want to do a little exercise with you. Uh, I did it in the first gathering. Okay, because obviously... Uh, what would you say is the, the most talked about topic this week in your life? 
Corona. Come on. Let's be honest, right? COVID. I mean, it, it dominates mostly every one of our conversations. You meet with a friend, the first thing you talk about is, how's your life going? Well, we're stuck again. More sanctions or restrictions or whatever, right? Right? And your, your, your job has been affected by it. Your, your, your lives have been affected by it. Your kids have been affected by it, right? That thing is an ant. That thing is an ant to God. From God's perspective, it's an ant. So if God has that perspective, huh, we can have that perspective too. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Uh, my friend said this to me uh, a while ago. He said, in the end, everything is going to be okay. And if everything isn't okay, then we're not at the end. How many here uh, play chess? Anybody play chess here? Nobody. Nobody plays chess. Wow, come on. Yes, I know you do. And I'm afraid to play you because I know that you're good. How many moves ahead can you think about? How many moves? About, approximately. I can't hear them. But anyways, most of the time, chess players, they're thinking way ahead. They, they see the game in advance. That's why sometimes you'll see when you watch a, a chess match, these guys playing, uh, all of a sudden the game's not over. A guy will stand up and goes, yeah, I lose. You're like, why? Because he can see the end. He can see that he can't get out of any move. He's dead. The other guy's got him. There's nothing he can do. He knows it's the end, right? This is why Jesus is sleeping in the boat, because he knows the end. He's sleeping in the boat because he's not worried about the end. Why? Because he's 17 moves ahead. Matter of fact, on a chessboard, God doesn't even, I mean, the, uh, the guy in front of him starts moving the first move and he goes, it's over. Because he knows the end way in advance. And this is why he's relaxed. Because he knows in the end everything is going to work out. All things work out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Can I get an Amen. How many believe that? Yeah? How many are walking like that? Oh, I'm not supposed to do this because I don't have my mask on. Never mind. Let's start walking. All things work for the good. All things work for the good. Joseph, you remember Joseph? Joseph, he gets thrown into the pit. He ends up a slave. His brothers try to kill him. He ends up in jail. All of these things. What does he say in the end? What God, what, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. God set it all up. And what did he do? He put Joseph in the spot to not just save himself, but to save all of Israel, all of Israel from the famine. Oh no, God. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason why you don't get a job is because God's protecting you? He doesn't want you to go in that direction? And he's stopping you? Have you ever noticed that God is taking care of you? That he's over you? That he's in front of you? That he's behind you? That he has angels charge over you? It's time to start sleeping. It's time to start resting. He says what? He says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give you peace. He's called the Prince of Peace, which means he has the authority over peace. And he's giving it to you. In Hebrews, it says this way. In Hebrews, let me get there. Sorry, I want to read it properly. It says this. 
For this good news, that God has prepared a rest. He has announced it to us just as he announced it to others. But it did not have any, it did no good because they didn't, didn't share, they didn't, like, they didn't put faith into it. It's really funny. The disciples are going to Jesus in the boat to get faith. They're, they're trying to get something from God when they already have it. It's time that we stop asking God for things we already have. Maybe you're not catching that. God, please protect me. He already said he would. God, provide for me. He already said he would. God, give me faith. He already has given you faith. The Bible's clear. We pray for these things. We already have them. It's time that we walk in them. It's time that we start walking in them. We start trusting in them. We start resting in them. Because once we do that, we are now able to enter into the rest. In, in Genesis chapter 1, when it says that God rested from all his work, it's not like he's saying he was tired and now he's got to rest. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, the work is done, it is complete, and now I don't need to do anything else because it's done. So I can now relax. God has already taken care of you. Your future is already taken care of. He said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. It wasn't like he's you know, going to stop halfway and drown. He's gonna, you're going to go to the other side if he says we're going to go to the other side. Are you catching any of this? So here's the exercise I want to do. Why don't you just, if you would, just if you want to follow me, just, just close your eyes. Okay? Close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's take that big old mountain of corona. Let's just put it in front of us. I'll worry about the future. I'll worry about the, because it's, it's causing problems with, with finances. Um, we have isolation issues. We have uh, fear of, of death issues. We have worry about our relatives getting it and, and parents getting it and, 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 and all of those, every worry that you can imagine that you have had over this corona thing, okay? Put it up. Put it right in your mind. Yes, let it get as big as possible. Okay, here it is, right? Okay, you ready? You got it now. You got it in a nice big bag. Okay. Now let's put it where it belongs. Okay, let's put it where it belongs. Just put it down on the ground. Step on it, just like an ant. That's where it belongs. It belongs under your feet because you are far above. You have been seated far above every principality and power and darkness in high places. You are far above corona. You are far above problems. You are far above worry. You are far above all these things. I'm no longer a slave to corona. I am a child of God. All those worries, put them under your feet. And crush it. Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't, he's not going to do it. He's already declared that he has put 
death to death. He has already taken these things and he has crushed them, uh, the enemy under his feet. It's already done. So now let's walk as if it's already done. The, the best example I can think of, and I know I shared this one time, is I was a soccer coach in, 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 in America and we played at a pretty high level. And uh, I scouted the team uh, that we were supposed to play in the finals. And I wasn't worried. Because I could see the very way they played was coming right into our strengths. And there was nothing they could do. We were going to crush them because they were not going to be able to attack us. And the whole game, I mean, we had to play the game. But all game, I just like, I'm not, just not worried about it. They only had two shots on net the whole game. They didn't get any shots off at all. Why? Because they couldn't beat us because we were way more powerful than they were. Because they were coming into our strength. The devil is coming into our strength. What is our strength? Jesus, hallelujah, who died on the cross, who rose again and said, you threw your biggest bomb at me and you can't even touch me. Come on, everybody sing it. Can't touch this. Come on, people. It's time we start walking like this entering into his rest and as we enter into his rest we will begin to show the glory of God that's how we'll show the glory of God as we rest in the midst of these things come on this is this and and you know and I gotta and all right last thought two thoughts I'll probably have two thoughts you guys can if you're ready come on out um he says it in another passage, don't you remember the bread? And, and disciples, I, I always say I'm not much different than the disciples because I don't care. You know, don't think that you're like any brighter than they are. We make all the same mistakes they did. And they're like, bread? Yeah, we forgot the bread. We didn't bring it with us. No, he's saying, don't you remember what I did with the bread? Remember when I took the two loaves, the five loaves and two fish, and I turned it to feed 5,000 or whatever, how many they did? You know, Remember I did that? Don't you remember? Do you remember what Jesus has done in your life already? Do you think he's going to let you down now? He brought you to this place. He's going to bring you to the next place. And then he says what? I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. Like, I mean... What can happen? This is the rest that God wants you to enter into during this time. And as you do, you will sense a freedom, a joy. You'll be able to sleep at night. Your boss doesn't want you to sleep during the day, so just sleep at night. But he can rest. Just let the peace of God rest on you. Finally, it's interesting how, and this is kind of how I see Jesus calming the winds and the wave. You can't, he, you can't give out something you don't have. So Jesus was filled with peace. He was sleeping in the storm. And so he let his peace just come out. And he spoke it. Just said, you know what? Be still. And that's what happened to me this week. At the beginning of the week, and my wife can tell you, how, you know, when we got these new restrictions, and I, you know, I get all, bleh, I get all like that too. You know, I was just all upset, you know, and then we couldn't do uh, uh, Ignite because they put restrictions on. And I was all upset. All the things, you know, the winds were bothering me. The waves were bothering me. And so then, like, the last few days, I said, you know, I'm just going to connect. I'm just 
just going to connect. And I just began to just spend more time in God, just pressing into the Lord until I sensed his presence, until I know he's there. And then I start sensing the presence of God and I get this peace within. But what happens is when I have the peace within, it tends to be all over, you know. So even though maybe the winds and waves are still blowing, it feels peaceful. And I think that's how you do it. You get the peace within. Don't, don't worry about peace outside. Get peace within. And as you get peace within, trust me, everything will become peaceful. You know? You're being driven crazy because your kid keeps screaming and hollering. Get peace within. Trust me, you get peace within, you won't, they won't be so loud anymore. Can you feel it as I talk? You just feel the peace. Somebody just say a prayer right now, and then, and then we're going to just spend a little time uh, worshiping. Uh, maybe we start out with something. You know what I want to do? I just want to, tr- uh, sorry, I change things up a lot. Ariel has a, a gifting, a real amazing gift. Uh, and sometimes the Spirit of God just kind of pours off her piano. So I'm just going to ask her to just, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask her to just play and just, just let the peace that comes out of her heart, out of, out of the piano, onto you, just let it come out on, on you. We're just going to let the Lord give us peace before we leave. Just, just going to minister, for, let the Lord minister to us for a little while. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. My friend Rod, Rod, Ron Parrish, he, he does that exercise. He showed us that exercise. I want you to do is, I want you to breathe in peace. And then I want you to breathe out that peace. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Until, you're, until the word is enveloped, until you're filled with peace. So breathe in the peace of God. The fact that he loves you. And then breathe out that love to everyone else. Breathe in that that joy that the Lord has for you. And then breathe out peace and joy into all the things that you're dealing with. Breathe in the fact that God said that he's got you in the palm of his hand. And nothing can harm you. And then just breathe that out to every situation you're in.